This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on a very warm Friday, July the 8th. I have more on the weather coming up and we can hear from the Kent MP bidding to be the new man at number 10. But first, a man described as a complete and utter loner who killed a PCSO as she walked her dog in Woodland in Kent has been told he'll spend at least 37 years behind bars. Callum Wheeler attacked Julia James not far from her home in Snowdown in April last year. The 22-year-old was carried into court for today's hearing after he'd been found guilty by a jury back in May. Our reporter Sean Axtell was there for the podcast. Yes, Nick. Well, Wheeler was handed a life sentence at Canterbury Crown Court today where he'll serve at least 37 years behind bars before being considered for release. But even after that, the 22-year-old will only be released if the parole board deems him safe enough to be managed within the community. It means the earliest he'll ever be out would be 59. And passing sentence, the judge, Mr Justice Mark Wall, told Wheeler, this attack was not a spur-of-the-moment aberration by you, rather it was an attack which was planned and thought through well in advance. So how did Wheeler present in court? Well, much like during the whole trial, um, apart from today he was in handcuffs, he was subdued. He had to be carried in and out by staff from HMP Broadmoor, the high-security psychiatric hospital where he is held. And on that point, interestingly, we've been aware on the press bench for months now that Wheeler suffers from a psychological disorder, but we've been unable to report that fact to make sure we didn't prejudice the case. Um, and But ne- nevertheless, the judge made it abundantly clear today that Wheeler's psychiatric problems had no bearing on his actions that fateful day. The judge said, there is no clear evidence of a direct link to your disorder and the offence. Now, the prosecution vehemently advanced this was a sexually motivated murder after Wheeler's DNA was found on Julia's chest over clothes. And uh, Alison Morgan QC said, somehow this defendant must have touched her, and we invite the court to conclude that touching must have been sexual in nature. Now, previously during the trial, we'd heard Wheeler was a deviant in that way. He was a sexual deviant. By the way, he was behaving after his arrest and the threats that he made to officers, it it was quite clear that he certainly was of that kind of disposition. Uh, And the judge even agreed. He told Wheeler that the killing was sexually motivated. Thanks ever so much to Sean. And let's hear now from Julia's husband, Paul, her daughter, Bethan, and son, Patrick, who all spoke outside court. Doesn't change at all. We're so proud of our own families. I don't think that's avoided us. All the villages, friends, family. What the place have done for us and the system has worked fantastically. We'll be forever grateful for that. I know that this guy can't hurt anybody else. It's a massive relief for us. If that was Julia's sacrifice to save other people, then we're happy. We're so grateful for everybody and all their hard work um, getting us to this point today. Um, I think we're we're pleased with 37 years, um, although clearly it never brings my mum back. What it does do is keep women um, safe from him and what he may do in the future. So we're just very grateful for all the hard work and dedication of all the police, um, Alison Morgan, of everybody really. We'll start to reiterate what Bethan said really. The police and 
Gavin Moss and his team and many more people have been absolutely amazing. They've left no stone unturned and they've got the result that we wanted. Obviously it doesn't change anything but it's at least women can be safe from Wheeler in the future. We've also been getting reaction from Detective Superintendent Gavin Moss who led the investigation. Callum Wheeler has demonstrated that he is an incredibly dangerous individual. Reflected by his actions, that he subjected my colleague, Julia James, to the most horrific of injuries. I am reassured, and so should the public be, that Callum Wheeler is now off the streets for a significant length of time. I am immensely proud of the police officers, police staff from Kent Police, and indeed much further afield, who came to our assistance in order to bring Callum Wheeler to justice. I am absolutely delighted for the family who today have seen justice prevail. Well, you can head to Kent Online to read about that investigation in full, which led to Wheeler's conviction. Our thoughts today continue to be with Julia's friends and family. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and an inquest has heard a former Kent schoolgirl was stabbed to death by her boyfriend after she went to break up with him following an argument about Love Island. 22-year-old Maddie Durden Hollenby, who went to the Abbey School in Faversham, was found dead along with 41-year-old Ben Green at a property in Kettering last August. He apparently got jealous after she told him she found one of the contestants attractive. The coroner's described it as the saddest case she's ever heard. A man who swung a knife at a police dog in Folkestone has been jailed for two years. Rhys Armstrong went after the animal in Endrook Valley in March after an officer was called to reports he'd been involved in a fight. The 26-year-old, who doesn't have a permanent address, had tried to run away but was caught thanks to the help of a police drone. You can actually see footage from that drone on the website. The former owner of a Folkestone hotel has been jailed for three years after cheating the taxpayer out of nearly half a million pounds. 74-year-old Michael Stainer kept money from the wages of 50 staff members at the Grand instead of giving it to HMRC. He was found guilty of fraud, but his wife Doris, who's 60, was acquitted. Now, could a Kent MP become the next Prime Minister? Tunbridge and Morling's Tom Tugendhat is certainly hoping so, after launching a bid to be the next Tory leader just a day after Boris Johnson resigned. The former soldier who served in Iraq says a lot of repair work needs to be done. It's not a secret that I've been thinking about this and I've been talking to people about the sort of things that the country needs, you know, rebirth of trust, the renewal of the economy and, and, and the restart, you know, clean restart that we all need. I think the values uh, that Conservatives were elected on around this country, fantastic Conservative MPs all across the United Kingdom, were on the same values that I share that we all share. And those values are the values of hard work, of opportunity, of growth, of really restarting an economy that's really just waiting to be released. Every Conservative has been pushing for sovereignty in this country. Every Conservative has been pushing for the opportunities that Brexit presents. And every Conservative has been pushing for the freedom that lower taxes and greater individual rights present. So I think I'm absolutely in the middle of what is a very large and very, very strong Conservative family. I think there's an enormous number of ministers who've really delivered extraordinary results in the last two and a half years. I, you know, I look at the work that Michael Gove has done, that Anne-Marie Trevelyan has done. I look at the work that many people have done in this government and I see real successes. So I have to say I'm extremely grateful to many of my colleagues in Parliament who've really delivered for the British people. I have spoken completely publicly and completely honestly about the areas where Boris and I have had disagreements, but I've known him for many, many years. He's an extraordinary 
individual and actually we've been friends over many, many years too. So what does our political editor think? Would he be a popular choice? Here are the thoughts of Paul Francis. I think he's got appeal across the political spectrum uh, and, and in that sense he, he could represent himself as the unity candidate. He's well regarded on both wings of the Conservative Party, the traditional wing and the progressive wing. Uh, and I think people like politicians who've got a bit of uh, background to them. And he's had a decade-long stint in the army, which uh, threw him into Afghanistan and Iraq. So he's got some kind of experience of leading people, which I think also is another asset. Uh, I mean, I think there are so many factors at play in this forthcoming Tory leadership election that it's, it's quite hard to see which of the many candidates we're expecting how they will differentiate themselves from their rivals. Uh, as I say, I think Tom's biggest asset is that he does appeal across the political spectrum and possibly appeal to uh, non-conservative voters. Well, Tom's apparently already got the support of 20 other MPs, and we know for sure that one of them is Ashford's Damien Green. He's been speaking to our colleagues at KMTV. I think we need a, a fresh start. You know, people need to recognise that this is a new government. We're putting the scandals of the last year or so uh, behind us, and Tom obviously isn't in the current cabinet, uh, so that's a, a very clear signal that he's uh, he, he is a fresh start. But also, it, his, his ideas, uh, his leadership capacity which he's shown hugely in, in his army career and so on um, and the fact that I think he's got the right ideas to bring the country together and, and therefore the party together. I think you'll, you'll find over the next few days as, as Tom uh, publishes his ideas on taxation and running the economy and, and the big domestic issues um, that absolutely he has a, a sort of portfolio of policies across not just foreign affairs where everyone agrees he's a great expert in defence which is obviously hugely important but also on these big domestic issues as well. They've also been in in Tom's constituency and been asking people there if they would support him. I think Tom Tugendhat is an honest and decent man and he's an honourable man so I'd be very happy for Tom Tugendhat to take over. Yeah he's a good likelihood of him being in power. I don't know enough about him to say 100% but why not? I don't know there's always a challenge if you have a very high profile constituency MP do they end up not doing as much for the local area? Tom's been quite good locally so I don't know. I, I, I'd like it for him, but I'd just question it for Tunbridge. I do like Tom Tugnard, um, and if there was going to be anybody else, I would pick him in a flash, even though he wasn't a Brexiteer. Being a local MP, uh, to me, it means that he'll probably be a bit more aware on the local level of the problems, and then they could possibly be heard above. If that was the man, I wouldn't object. It'd be nice to, nice to see him do something. Former Chancellor Rishi Sunak has also declared his intention to run in the leadership contest. And we're hearing that Gillingham and Raynham's Raymond Chisty is also considering it too. Now, Boris Johnson intends to stay on as Prime Minister until October when the leadership contest will be decided. That's not gone down well with some, including former PM John Major, who suggested he goes sooner. Well, reporter Jamie has been speaking to Vin Maple. He's leader of the Labour group in Medway and Jamie has asked for his thoughts on the events of the past few days. I'm very concerned that we've not heard any sort of apology from Boris Johnson. Frankly, this speech should have come months ago. Uh, he's the first prime minister in history to um, break the law in office. Uh, he seems to be showing no contrition and most worrying of all, he seems to think that he will just continue to plough on potentially for a number of months, that's not acceptable. 
and you know there's no doubt in my mind that it's in the best interest of the country that he goes as soon as practically possible within hours rather than months and as you heard in the prime minister's resignation speech plans will be set out next week for the roadmap to find a new conservative party leader some talk that that could take us through to october i presume you feel that's far too long then to to think that the prime minister has lost uh, more than 50 ministers in in record time can somehow cling on to power until the autumn is completely uh, it's a non-starter and the people across kent and the country would not find that acceptable it's clear that he's lost the confidence of uh, of his parliamentary colleagues frankly he lost my confidence a long time ago when he tried to build an airport here in Medway uh, and residents across the county will know that his time is up he needs to move on we've got a cost of living crisis we can't have further chaos in government which is what we have uh, with Boris Johnson trying to cling on to power And I appreciate maybe a difficult question for you to answer as leader of the Medway Labour Group, but who would be next best for the job then from within the Conservative Party? I don't think any Conservative candidate would want an endorsement from me. That could be probably the worst possible thing for any potential election candidate. What we do need is a fresh change. And frankly, that's not really going to come from just a change of Prime Minister. Frankly, the Prime Minister I want to see in number 10 is Keir Starmer. At Kent Online today, you can read more about Tom Tugendhat, find out when he was elected, what he's done since being an MP and his background in the army. You can also let us know what you think about his leadership bid by leaving a comment. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. At Kent Online today, you can see the moment a teenager broke into and then overturned a large fridge belonging to a food bank, destroying its contents. Two people targeted the Hawkehurst community fridge, where volunteers donate food which people can collect if they're in need of support. Well, it's been described by organisers as disheartening. Just days after receiving a critical Ofsted, we've now been told the senior deputy head of the Weald of Kent Grammar School has taken over as acting head. Inspectors found continued reports of bullying at the Tunbridge School less than a year after a former pupil took her own life. A letter has been sent home to parents from the governors saying they will be ensuring positive change. A funeral date has finally been set for a Canterbury man who was found dead after going missing 10 months ago. 31-year-old musician Dan Venez disappeared last August and his body was found on a beach in France two weeks later. It was only released to his family last month and they're going to lay him to rest on the 20th of July. Now, a Kent nutritionist says that we shouldn't be blaming parents for childhood obesity. This week is focusing on the issue and has led to the founder of a gym business suggesting it should be treated as a form of child abuse. Well, figures seen by the podcast show a third of youngsters leaving primary school in the county are classed as overweight. Julie Clark works with clients based in Whitstable. She's been speaking to Lucy. I don't think that there is ever a parent that would intentionally um, want to raise a child that became overweight. So there's there's much more to it than that. So yeah, I don't believe that any parent would do that. So I'm in a disagreement with using the phrase child abuse in that context. Do you think parents could be to blame to some extent for, for children being overweight? Such a controversial question. 
Um, do I think the parents are to blame? I think that society as a whole has changed a lot. I think our access to food and the price of that food and how food manufacturing is carried out is a major, major issue. And I think that there's an educational piece to be done with regards to parenting. I don't think anybody is necessarily to blame. And I don't like blaming blaming a parent for anything because they're only doing the best they can with the information they have. Yeah, I suppose it is difficult, isn't it? And, and sometimes those messages have got to come from the top, you know, from the government and, you know, more regulation on these companies. Is that something you would call for? Yeah, so a, a few weeks ago, we were looking into the government's food strategy and how that had fallen a bit flat from, you know, from the aspect of being a nutritionist. Um, I do think that we need to tackle the ultra-processed foods and how readily available they are and how cheap they are because we know without doubt in studies that those types of foods mess with our metabolism, how we manage blood sugars, and it impacts our, our ability to maintain weight. What advice could you give parents who maybe think their child is maybe living a bit of an unhealthy lifestyle and they want to make changes? Yeah, I think at the moment we've got marketing and the food manufacturers are very, very clever and they do colour things in a certain way to appeal to children and they do have people like their favourite sports stars uh, promoting those unhealthy choices. So there's a whole conversation we could have around that. But in terms of what to do, so first of all, I always get my clients to do a food diary. So if you're worried, first of all, about your child, is to just write down everything they eat and then just simply use three colored highlighters. One is green, you know, it's a natural food, you know, it's good for them. Highlight all the ones in green. The amber ones that they're okay in, in moderation. The red ones are the ones that, you know, haven't got any, any nutritional value. Some interesting thoughts there. Well, we've been asking in a poll online, should child obesity be treated as abuse? 38% of you say no, it's not intentional. But the majority, 32%, say yes, something needs to be done. You can still let us know what you think by searching for the story. Kent Online reports. It's the third night of the Castle Concerts in Rochester, but some VIP ticket holders have complained about being ripped off. Standard tickets cost £50 and could be upgraded for an extra 45 with the promise of fast-track entry and dedicated bars and food outlets. Some say that didn't happen. Well, organisers have told us there were food issues as staff went down with COVID but insist all other aspects were catered for. Bosses at the Kent County Show have told the podcast it could be particularly busy this weekend thanks to the extremely good weather. The huge event at the showground near Detling is back for the first time since before the pandemic. Traffic management's been put in place to try and make journeys on the A249 as stress-free as possible. Charles Tassel is the man in charge of directing all of that traffic. Friday's always a challenging day for us because of the commuters on the 249, which you don't get on Saturday and Sunday. So what we do now is the week before the show, we get on the matrix signs on the motorway, uh, warning people the show's on for all three days. And as you can see today, it's really helped because there's a lot less traffic on the, on the road. Because with, with people coming into the show, uh, it, it can get a bit clogged up because of the commuters. But because there's a lot less commuters on the road today, it's quite easy to come straight in. Today, we would expect about 4,500 cars. And then uh, Saturday is usually the busiest day with about 6,000 cars. Sunday, about 5,000. 
thousand, but it is very weather dependent. So that can vary if there's rain forecast. But of course, this year there's no rain forecast, so I expect it to be a lot even. I expect Saturday and Sunday will both be the same sort of numbers. Well, you can of course listen to regular travel updates over on our sister radio station KMFM. They're also at the show today and tomorrow, so do go along and say hi if you're heading along. And our reporter John Nerden has spent the day checking out all the things you can see. It is wonderful. It is tremendously uh, friendly atmosphere. It is sweltering in a, in a sort of a nice way because past times I've been to uh, Detling here, I've turned up and it's been raining and it's been teeming down and I've seen tractors trying to pull cars out of quagmires. But today, today is just perfect. And I think the organizers have done a sterling job. They've, um, they've got lots of attractions, obviously uh, sheep, cattle, animals, things like that, as, as you would expect. But there is a, um, a stage behind me where the rock choir is doing a brilliant set at the moment. And then, and then, everywhere you look is, uh, is food. I, I, I don't know what to have at the moment. I'm a bit peckish. haven't had any breakfast yet so far because I've just been, uh, been enjoying myself so much. Um, but you can go burgers, obviously, and, um, and, and there's Italian and French food. And uh, well, I've, I've given up with, uh, with trying to find out exactly what they've got. And there's, uh, there's Pims, you can get Pims by the bucket, uh, beer, which I will have to go and find out a little bit later on. Um, I've seen uh, canine aquatics where dogs luckily can cool down. They sort of jump into a, a pool of, of water and that is particularly uh, fascinating with the, the public. You can take photos of, of them jumping in and splashing around. I just wish I was a dog sometimes, to be perfectly honest. Um, and, uh, oh, uh, and, and pigs, pigs. I've seen um, Mr. Tom Hogg with his, uh, per, I say performing pigs, but they, they only seem to do what they, what they want to do, to be perfectly honest. And uh, I'm just going off to see pig agility which uh, they're having it for the first time here, where um, ordinary people are taught how to, uh, how to train a pig. So that should be fascinating. We've also got a full guide. Just head to kentonline.co.uk. Aldi has confirmed they're still committed to building a flagship store on Sheppey. They've been trying to construct the shop next to Neats Court Retail Park, but have been delayed by legal objections. Aldi say home bargains will take on their current town centre store when they eventually make the move. Work has started meantime to redevelop a former church in Dover that was damaged in a fire. The building on the high street could be turned into 16 new homes or even a town centre hotel. Elsewhere, an empty town centre bank in Dartford has been put on the market for £1.8 million. The building in Lowfield Street has potential plans for flats and cafes. And finally, a rundown hotel in Margate that was once visited by the artist JMW Turner is due to reopen next month. The Fort Road site on the seafront was bought at an auction back in 2018. It has 14 bedrooms, a roof terrace and restaurants. Kent Online reports. The Queen's Baton Relay was in Gravesend earlier for the final part of its tour of Kent. A ceremony was held at the Gudwara before it travelled through the town to the pier. Well, we joined some of the baton bearers to hear about their experience. Michelle Bramble is the founder of the North Kent Caribbean Network and Chevron Clark is an Olympic boxer. It's really proud, uh, especially to be able to represent the Caribbean community in Gravesend. 
and the diversity that we've got here in the borough, um, but also all of the work that volunteer organisations do to support residents in the borough too. So for me, uh, not only to be nominated, but to be successful and then carry the baton here in Gravesham is a really, really proud moment for me. My friends, my family, members of the network are here, especially some of the elderly members um, who have never seen anything like this before. So for them, it's been a really special moment. It's a very rich cultural um, town. You have people from all walks of life here. And I think if an outsider came here, they wouldn't feel uncomfortable. Um, which I think is very important and also you know we've had a rich, a rich history of uh, Caribbean folks being here so you know to have that establishment makes it um, a bit more easy because sometimes it's hard to access information um, so having that um, resource there to, to go and plug on is uh, very good. From Gravesend, the baton was taken on a ferry over to Essex and it's all happening ahead of the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham at the end of the month. Now, it probably won't surprise you to hear that a level two heatwave alert has been issued for Kent as temperatures soar. Forecasters reckon it could hit 30 degrees over the next week. We're all being urged to take care in the sun and look after those who are particularly vulnerable. Meantime, we're also being urged to use water supply sensibly. Southeast Water say the amount currently available in reservoirs is good, but they've noticed we're using more to fill up things like paddling pools. They've issued some simple tips to avoid a shortage, like leaving a grass to go brown, using watering cans instead of a hose, and washing your car less often. We can read all of those tips in full by heading to the story on the website. And finally today, a Kent man who still makes his own wine at the age of 100 has been sharing his secret to a long and healthy life. John Sim got his card from the Queen to mark his special day and has been speaking to our reporter, Jack Dyson. How often do you make wine? Uh, twice a year, once in the June and once in September. In um, June, July, it would be black cherries. In the autumn, mainly cooking apples, or any, any apples I can find. Reaching 100, what's your secret to long life? Not to smoke, eat plenty of fruit, keep out in the fresh air, and keep active. Don't um, slow down or sit down too much. Keep active. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. All you need to do is subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Whilst you're on the site today, you can read the latest review from our secret drinker who's been to Hearn Hill. And don't forget to check out more pictures from the county show over the weekend. Head to our What's On pages for plenty of advice on things to get up to in the county too. Enjoy the hot weather. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone offering a range of new and approved used cars including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.